should have served on a platter. Making a date, not failing to anticipate. They got greedy, so they fell for the bait. That makes them a victim. Pick them, pluck new jack in jail, but you're the best they ever got. There's no one around, cause in jail, you're a number. They never took the time to wonder about
existence. Now, you may depend upon it. Stable, opaque, immortal, all by dint of the names that lie concealed within. It was many, many a year ago, in a kingdom by the sea, that a maiden there lived, whom you may know by the name of Annabel Lee. In this maiden she lived with no other thought than to love and be loved by me. I was a child, and she was a child, in this kingdom by the sea. But we loved with a love that was more than love, I and my Annabel Lee, with a love that the winged seraphs of heaven coveted her and me. And this was the reason that long ago, in this kingdom by the sea, a wind blew out of a cold, chilling, my beautiful Annabel Lee, so that her high-born kinsmen came and bore her away from me, to shut her up in a sepulchre in this kingdom by the sea. The angels, not half so happy in heaven, went envying her and me. Yes, that was the reason, as all men know, in this kingdom by the sea, that the wind came out of the cloud by night, chilling and killing my Annabel Lee. But our love, it was stronger by far than the love of those who were older than we, of how many far wiser than we, and neither the angels in heaven above nor the demons down under the sea can ever dissever my soul from the soul of the beautiful Annabel Lee. For the moon never beams without bringing me dreams of the beautiful Annabel Lee. And the stars never rise, but I see the bright eye of the beautiful Annabel Lee. And so all the night, tied I lie down by the side of my darling, my darling, my life and my bride, in her sepulchre there by the sea, in her tomb by the side of the sea. Bridal ballad. The ring is on my hand, and the wreath is on my brow. Satin and jewels grand are all at my command. I am happy now. And my lord, he loves me well. But when he first breathed his vow, I felt my bosom swell. For the words rang as a knell, and the voice seemed his who fell. In the battle down the dell, and who is happy now? But he spoke to reassure me. And he kissed my pallid brow, while a reverie came over me, into the churchyard bore me, and I sighed to him before me, thinking him dead.
struggling to breathe. You're going to hear from Rena Ihita, who is experiencing severe post-traumatic stress disorder after witnessing people right near her carried out on stretches as she also was caught up in the melee. You're going to hear from Dijon Isaac, who was trampled and stomped and had tried to help people who he saw on the ground. You're going to hear from Bryce Nunn, who may be a little delayed trying to find parking, but he has a dislocated knee in his own uh, knee crutches to walk. Miss Unica Smith is going to talk to you about how she was crushed how after she fainted and how she didn't know if she was going to make it or not and how she continues to have the recurring nightmare of what happened. And let me, before Attorney Alex Hillier comes and talks to you about some of the details in the lawsuit that was drafted, this is not just about making sure we get justice for these people who have been severely injured. It is also about making sure that Live Nation and all of the organizers, promoters, and anybody else who had anything to do with the failure here that caused people to lose their children. I mean, families lost their high school children, their college children. People were injured greatly. And nobody should ever die from going to a concert. So this lawsuit is not just about getting justice for them, but it's about making sure that the promoters and the organizers know that you cannot allow this to ever happen in the future, even if you have to immediately stop the concert. And we understand, Attorney Hillier, that there were several people who could have stopped this concert when we saw these tragic circumstances start to occur around the 9.05 time. And we have a timeline that breaks it down. And each and every one of them could have stopped the music, turned on the white hot spotlight board so everybody could see what's going on, everybody could see who was on the ground, everybody could see where everybody was at, and everybody could just take a breath. But they didn't do that. And that's what we are saying to Live Nation and everybody involved in the future. Safety must be paramount. As Kristen Blunt says so passionately, I thought it would be safe. I thought it would be safe. That's what all of them thought. They thought it would be safe. They never knew something that was supposed to be a great memory for them. They went with family and friends. They never fathomed that it would be the worst nightmare of their life where they witnessed people be killed, where they witness 
agony as they were trumpeted on and they were stepped on and they were crushed. They never thought they would be at the concert hearing people say something that we hear far too much now in the past year. People screaming, I can't breathe. I mean, the videos are everywhere. And when you think about what we're asking people to do, if you were at the concert and you have video on your cell phone, please visit us at astroworldclaimshelp.com to share the videos with us. If you witness stuff, please call us. If you were injured, please call us. Because what we're trying to do is make sure we gather all the evidence so this will never happen again. Also, we sued on behalf of EB in part to get justice for him, but to also ensure that our independent experts could get on the scene of where the crimes took place and they could see for themselves what they described as a war zone. I mean, you had shoes, you had clothes, you had blood spots all out there at the scene. And that was important because it corroborated what our clients have told us, that they were just trying to get out of there. They left their clothes, they left their shoes, they left cell phones. And when you look at that scene, you see for yourself, people were literally fighting for their life just to try to get out of there. And so that's important, and the testimonial evidence is important. So if you have a story to let us know what happened so we can get to the answers of who failed, who failed and their responsibility, because each and every one of them will be held accountable. And these brave victims are going to tell you what they witnessed so other people hopefully will have the courage to come forward and tell their story. Right now, I have the honor of working with uh, one of the best lawyers and law firms in America based here in Texas, uh, Hilliard Martinez and Gonzalez. Attorney Alex Hilliard will talk about some of the details of our lawsuit, then I'll introduce you to our clients, and then after that, we will have questions and answers so we can uh, try to answer as many of them as we can. Attorney Alex Hilliard. evidence in the investigation which has been underway, including the inspection of the NRG Stadium, has revealed that the criminal behavior in this case started weeks prior to the date of the concert. There was no plan in place for this to happen. They are legally required as the organizers, the risk directors, the security personnel to over 50,000 people, and they didn't have a plan. At 9 a.m. when the gates opened, everything was out of control. As soon as the first person gets injured, if there's no plan, chaos ensues. The chaos grew and grew and grew until multiple people, 10 confirmed. 
firm now lost their lives. Thousands of people injured and tens of thousands of people who had to witness as CPR was given to their friends, to their daughters, to their sons, to their young brothers and sisters as they finally escaped a suffocating crowd. Over 45 minutes of torture as they tried to escape feeling trapped, feeling like they would lose their lives. I promise you every story from each client is more tragic than the one before it. Because nobody can be trapped like that without oxygen, without any place to move. Combining that with seeing someone die right in front of your eyes. And when you finally do escape that war zone and you get out of that crowd, you see multiple bodies on the floor. The medical staff was egregiously, egregiously short-staffed. They did not have enough personnel. They did not have enough stretchers. They did not have enough defibrillators to try to resuscitate all the people whose hearts weren't beating. We inspected the NRG stadium where this concert took place. Our experts have confirmed from the evidence that was obtained that this concert never should have been approved in the first place. We are talking about the largest organizer and promoter of festivals and concerts in the world. And when that happens, a failure of epic proportions on this type of scale, it is criminal. It is nothing but criminal. They have a higher duty to protect the public. They sold $350, $400, $450 tickets and decided not to protect even one of their ticket holders. Sadly, a lot of our clients didn't even understand when they bought their ticket because how could they that they were actually buying their own death sentence we are honored to be representing our clients in this case and at this time I'd like to introduce to you a few of them so you could hear their stories nine victims I apologize uh, right first, we're going to have for you Miss Unika Smith, who's going to try to tell you what she experienced that night at Astro World Festival. You and I, Q U A. World Music Festival was by far the most traumatizing experience of my life. I'm a mother of two, and I went to the festival alone by myself. So I never thought that by attending the festival, I was taking the chance that I would possibly not return home to my children. When I Woke up Saturday morning, I found that so many people that I had spoken with in the crowd were exposed to so much trauma. I had I had no idea that people in the crowd had passed away that night. 
I was towards the front left-hand stage of the Utopia Mountain stage when Travis Scott began to perform. And the thing that stands out to me the most in my memory is that I remember being crushed from every side by human bodies all around me. When he began to perform his first song, the crowd began to jump up and down. And with so many human bodies contacting your body from every area, with them jumping up and down, there's no way possible for you to maintain your footing. I was not able to stand on my own. We formed a camaraderie of sorts in the crowd to be able to hold one another up so that we do not go down. Um, by the third or fourth song, I remember trying to make my way out of the crowd, and I tapped a woman to the behind me, maybe about two people behind me uh, to the rear. And when I tapped the woman to ask her to please move out of my way, you can tell that she was kind of, she was kind of having trouble breathing on her own. The next thing I know, the woman began to have a seizure. She was there with her best friend. Her best friend just started screaming out, oh my God, she's having a seizure. Please someone get the medic. I'm looking around for the paramedics. I don't see anyone responding. The woman hits the ground and I'm the next person behind this woman. Her feet are next to my feet. The only thing that I can think of is if I trip over this woman's feet, we're gonna create a pileup. There's no way possible that I'm gonna be able to get out of this crowd. Thank God there were people around me to help me and, 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 and help me to remain stable. And the only thing that I, the only thing I kept reassuring myself is that if I can get out of that crowd with the dense air, with all of the heat, with everybody crushing me from every which way, then I'll be able to, to breathe, to return, return to, to normal air. And um, unfortunately, I made, it, I made it through the crowd. I fainted as soon as I got through the crowd. I believe that by the time I started trying to leave the arena was around 9.45 p.m. I, I was caught in the I was caught in the madness and the mayhem until about 2.45 in the morning, not able to return to my children, no cell phone service, no way to Uber home, no way to contact anyone. There was no taxi service. So it was literally like I was trapped downtown by myself where I know no one. I don't know anyone here. So it was, it was truly the most traumatizing experience. And I had no way of even getting back to my car because where my vehicle was parked, I later found out that that was the... That was the reunification site for the for the people who had, who had lost their lives during the concert. So I was being I was purposely being rerouted from getting back to my vehicle because the the families needed to go and find out whether or not their family members were still alive where my vehicle was parked. trauma over and over again and then 
there's discussions about it in person and online about what people in the crowd should have done and saying, well, if you were in the crowd and you noticed someone dying around you, why didn't you help? I'm not a licensed medical professional. I only thing that I could think about was me not falling on top of this woman and crushing her to death. I, I, I'm not trained in how to respond to, to a crisis like that. So for people to pass their opinions on how the concert goers should have responded, that's completely inappropriate and traumatizing. And the reality is they shouldn't have responded. You should have had specialists, medical people, personnel there, crowd control personnel there, but they did not. And people are in severe need of mental health counseling because this has had a incredible mental strain on them. These many days later, I, I'm just watching her body shake as she relives it. It's something that as a community, we're going to have to have some serious mental health counseling. Thank you so much, Ms. Smith, for sharing your story. How old are your children? They're 14. 14 years old. Are they twins? Yes, twins. Um, next, we will have Ms. Rena Irahita come and tell you about her experiences that night. You can just talk as loud as you can. I'll spell it. You want to spell it for me? Okay. R-E-Y-N-A-I-R-A-H-E-T-A. becoming a new home for me and being excited to finally get to share a little bit about what I love about Houston and having my best friend come into town and that was all we were looking forward to this concert just making memories and everything and always being on alert knowing okay these concerts are scary people making jokes about it but I always like to be aware I remember that day we were gonna get there later but something just kept telling me let's go earlier let's go earlier we went around two, and I remember it was just a mess. It was it was horrible. There was people just walking in and out everywhere. Like, it wasn't organized. You wouldn't see securities. I remember getting to the checkpoint and looking at my best friend and be like, why are there people here? Like, why are they just standing here? There's no one here, you know, covering them. Like, I don't feel safe. I hope everything is okay. Not knowing what happened earlier in the day. Then I finally got in. They never checked my bag or anything. They were letting people pass by with beers, cans, and all these different things. They weren't even checking on anything. I remember getting to the merch and just being like, okay, it's probably crowded in there. Let's see this merch line. Let's wait here. And all of a sudden, you just hear yelling, and you just see people running. And I just remember I just got in defense mode and looked at my best friend and told him we need to leave. We need to get out of here. We're going to get trampled. And he, I remember him just being like, it's okay. Don't freak out. You're good. You're overreacting. And I'm being like, no, I'm not overreacting. I told you from the beginning. These people are waiting for something. They're waiting to just run in there. Like, everyone knows that people plan this out. 
and it's just frustrating knowing that I was just a person that never experienced any of this and I could see it and not seeing any workers anywhere, no police or anything. And then I got lucky to be able to cut into the right march line. And I remember waiting there thinking, okay, the chaos is done. I remember seeing people getting thrown on the ground and I remember making the comment to my best friend, I refuse to ever be at a place and witness someone die in front of me and me not be able to do anything. And I remember thinking, okay, it's settled. People aren't gonna come in anymore. I remember seeing security just recording everything and I'm like confused what's going on it took some minutes and finally you see a bunch of sheriffs come in horses and the annoying thing is instead of them going to block off the VIP section preventing from more crazy people to come in they all just face us and you just see them recording us and it was just a horrible feeling thinking people that's supposed to protect us is just looking at us like we're some fools like we're supposed to basically protect each other and i remember just yelling at them why are you guys pointing at us why are you guys intimidating us we were here we're, we're trying to avoid all this chaos i remember two hours passed people were getting really crazy on the left side of the merch they were blocking it off they were letting people come into that merch line and i remember just saying something's crazy is gonna happen i still don't feel comfortable here and i remember my friends trying to joke off trying to get me to feel good about it and not overreact like I always do but I just didn't feel good and then all of a sudden you just see people cheering and then everyone just breaks in that line and they get crazy and they started pushing each other just to get merch and then I remember I was like no I was like my line is short I know something is gonna happen and just I just remember looking back and then everyone just running jumping them pushing us to the side not caring and I remember yelling at them like why are you guys acting like this like it's nothing like we've been here for hours like at least be respectful don't throw us to the side or anything and I remember just dealing with that for four hours being in that merch line asking people can you please give people water can you give us this and I remember security just joking with us laughing at us telling us oh you guys are okay and everything trying to joke around about us about the merch and all these things and I'm like this is so insensitive thank goodness for that merch line because I was able to also meet two other people and those two other people we stuck together it was about 6 30 where we finally were able to go into the event and i remember i need to go get water for everyone i need to make sure that we're good and everything you guys stay together and i went with one of my friends we were in the long lines you couldn't even get water the horrible thing is the free water stations they only had one in the beginning when you enter and then went all the way at the end and no one could see where the porter potties were and the lines were ridiculous and the only way that you could get water is if you had a container and I remember people begging asking for empty water bottles asking for anything and being able to just okay I'm gonna take care of my team and we were good little baby performed it wasn't that wild and then it was time to move to the Travis stage and when I saw people there I was just I didn't think much of it I was just like okay I hope they're okay I remember people just suffocating because people were just smoking in the crowds there was different things going on and in a type of environment like that you can't have a lot of the oxygen taken away and I remember just looking at my friends like if we need to eat let's go get everything now let's get together and do this and that okay we got food we came back we were excited we're like okay all that traumatizing stuff let's put it to the side hoping everything is gonna be good i remember just looking everywhere and then my friends warning me about everything they remember them telling me 
it's gonna get really pressured here. Make sure that you know that you're, you can breathe good. Make sure that you have space. Make sure that if you feel claustrophobic, you go sideways. Do not go forward, do not go straight, do not do anything. Go sideways and try to leave because it will get packed here. And then I remember just having people literally push us, cut us in front of us. I had guys that were six feet tall in front of me talking about, we're gonna rage right here. One of them had crutches. I remember him saying, I'm gonna hit people with this crutch and just making signals and stuff like that. And I remember just having anxiety and telling my friend, I can't do this. I know you're joking around about it, saying that it gets really pressured and you can't breathe, but I just can't. And I remember looking at the two people that I saw there and then all of a sudden someone just fell on us and that's what honestly freaked me out the most. And I looked at them and I told them I can't do this. And it was literally one minute left for the countdown for him to come out. The moment I heard that time go down and that annoying music finally stopped, which I can't stop hearing that music, by the way. Like every day it's just playing back and forth and it's just traumatizing. And I remember just looking at them and telling them I can't do this. I can't, I have to go. And the thing that breaks my heart the most is I don't know if one of the people there is still severely injured or not. And I remember just seeing news and I hate that people are making false claims saying that someone died. And I'm me trying to figure out, okay, is this person good or not? Why didn't I tell them to leave with me? Because the moment that countdown went down, me and my friends just grabbed each other and we went sideways. And I remember everyone just pushing forward and it was hard breathing, but we were able to get out. And we were in a section away from everyone. But I remember the whole time I just kept looking around. I was like, this doesn't feel good. Something's going on. And I remember him just saying words like, I need this stage to feel. I need an earthquake. And I was saying, why is he telling people that? I, I'm seeing a bunch of emergency response. I barely see anybody around. There was no security everywhere. It wasn't organized very well. I remember people just begging for water and me getting mad. Why is it, you guys have so much money. Why can't you just give free water for everyone? The water was selling out and it was hard for people to get it. The concert was done. And I, we all just thought, okay, it's just a concert. People are probably just dehydrated, they fell and everything. And literally, literally, the last moment that I turned around, I witnessed someone on the ground. They were getting compressed and there was an EMT machine on them. And I just remember yelling at the paramedics, please do your job, but you're not doing it right. You're not taking care of him. And just yelling. And then you just see them literally grab the body and just throw it in a cart like nothing. And that broke my heart because all I wanted to do was go and, and run behind them to make sure that that person was okay, but I couldn't because everyone was trying to leave and it was just chaotic. And leaving that place was horrible. I lost my friends. I got lucky that I knew where my parking lot was, but all that moment, I didn't know how crazy everything was because I had no service. And then waking up the next morning, having calls and texts from people asking, are you okay, are you good, this and that. And I was wondering what's going on. And then finally looking at the news and seeing the stuff that I thought wasn't just what I was thinking was really more than traumatizing. That word can't even, it, I can't even speak of it because it's such a horrible feeling thinking that I witnessed someone lose their life right in front of me and have people there just say, oh, it's drugs or it's just this and that. And me saying it's a life it could have been more and then seeing the face of who it was breaks my heart to this day and it's horrible because all of this could have been prevented before the event could have even happened
pienso que todo eso se podía podía ser menos, pero la seguridad no nos importaba. La gente se reía de nosotros. I'm sorry. articulating is very similar to what everybody said. They went to the concert expecting it to be safe, not expecting it to be deadly. And they are shaking. And they keep having these nightmares even while they're awake at nail salons, still thinking about what they witnessed. And they're Literally, dozens of other people have told us just as horrific stories. Next, you're going to hear from Dijon Isaac to tell you about what he experienced. It's D-I-S-H-O-N. So, I was on the left side of the stage. Um, about 45 minutes prior to Travis coming out is when it started to get intense. Um, there was pushing that started happening behind us. Fights were breaking out. People were throwing water bottles. Um, it was basically a war zone. And it just got worse and worse the closer to when Travis was coming out. Um, I think around the five-minute mark, the pushing began to be so aggressive. Each time I would be pushed, I'd almost touch the ground, back and forth, back and forth. And at this point, you're at the mercy of the crowd. You're, we were packed in so tight, we were like sardines in a can. And the feeling was like, imagine someone coming up behind you and bear hugging you as hard as they possibly can. And it's just bodies. So around five minutes, people started falling over. Um, and I just remember, I remember the look of terror on people's faces around me. Everyone realized like, we have to get out of here. And I remember there was a, a girl next to me and before the pushing had started, she was just saying that, that she, she knew she wasn't going to enjoy the concert because she was already, like, I, I'm tall, so I was able to get air on the top, but everybody else basically was getting suffocated. And so when the pushing started happening, when, as soon as Travis came out, I felt the flames, and I realized I had to get out of there or I was going to get crushed to death. So um, I started making my way out, and basically I was telling people to back up. I'm, hey, we're trying to get out. People were rushing the stage. Um, there was one point where someone said, everyone put their hands up. I put my hands up. And I wasn't able to get him back down. Um, when I finally got him back down, I basically teamed up with the people immediately around me. And I told everyone, like, get low and, like, basically put your arms out like this so you can create some space for yourself. And so we're doing that, and I'm starting to make my way out. I hit a fence on the side where a bunch of people had fallen down. And the whole time, like, I'm trying to pull people up. And I'm pulling someone up. There's people on the ground trying to, like, use me to pull themselves up. And I just remember thinking, like, if I fall, it's over for me. Um, and um, so I, I find a way to, to get off the wall, and I start going to the back. I'm making my way through the crowd. The whole time the pushing is still happening, the, the crushing is still happening, and I reach a point where I'm losing consciousness. And I'm like, I, don't, I look above the crowd. I don't see an end in sight. And I just feel like people pushing me from behind. And finally, I hit a pocket of air. And at that point, I just go as fast as I can through the crowd. I was, that night I was wearing a, a sweater like this and a hoodie. And I sweated through both of them completely. Like I could have, I literally took off my 
hoodie, and I could squeeze it out, and there was sweat. Um, I got to the end, and I sat on the sidewalk and just sat there, like, in a daze for minutes. I just remember bodies everywhere, like limp bodies, people pulling bodies out of the crowd. Um, the minute Travis came out, I, I went with a friend, and I turned around and looked for him. He was gone. There was no cell phone service, so finally, when I went far back enough, he called me and was like, bro, where are you at? I spent 20 minutes on the ground, and the girl, there was a girl next to me who was for sure dead, and I didn't realize that people, other than that experience, a day later, he sent me an ABC News article saying that two people had died that were standing literally right next to me, and I'll never forget, I'll never forget the look of terror on people's faces. I, that's the thing that sticks with me the most. I remember there was a girl at one point who was holding my hand. I didn't know this girl whatsoever, but she held my hand. I held her hand as long as I could until eventually I lost her in the crowd. But, yeah, that was that was pretty much the experience in a nutshell. Thank you. That's a war zone. And, and why is it that Deshaun and others had to try to come up with safety plans for an escape route? Where were the crowd control personnel there? Where were the medical personnel there to help them? I mean, it is malfeasance on every level. And that's why we have to get the answers. You, we, we cannot have where people go to a concert and they die. That is unacceptable in 2021. It is so preventable. This was so preventable. People sometimes try to say, well, you weren't physically injured like Miss Daughtry or Mr. Nunn, uh, who's on crutches. What's the problem? They have severe mental issues. Post-traumatic stress disorder is very real. And we're hearing it over and over again. These people are not able to just turn the page and go back to normal. And we as a society should take very seriously their mental health after this tragedy. And we're saying to Live Nation and everybody, don't try to sweep this under the rug as if it's not real. It is real. It's very real. Thank you. It's I-S-A-A-C. And how old are you? 31. Yes. I ended up walking home from NRG after that. Where? A museum district, Montrose area. Now we're going to have Ms. Daughtry come to you. She's having some problems emulating, so we're going to assist you.
Every time I close my eyes, I see it. It's just... I'm lost for words, boys. Never seen so many people on the ground fighting for their life. Never know that you will buy a ticket and it will be your death ticket. It's just... Devastating. It's like a nightmare. I don't even like talking about it. And, and that's her mental injury. Can you tell a little bit about your physical injury, Ms. Daughtry? And when I fell, off? I fell to the ground. Uh, my back, they, I was walked on. If it wasn't for my brother, I probably wouldn't even be here today. But I managed, we managed to get out the crowd. But my I was walked on my back, my leg. I already had my ankle messed up, and it got injured. I, um, it was like I couldn't breathe. I was, And I, I, I will spell it loud for everybody here. Gertrude, G-E-R-T-R-U-D-E, Daughtry, D-A-U-G-H-T-E-R-Y. Uh, Fifty-nine years old. She's a grandmother. Uh, and, and, and this just shows that this was truly promoted as a family-oriented festival. And you have people of all ages there uh, to enjoy the festival, never knowing that, as Ms. Daughtry said, it would turn into a disaster, a disaster that has changed their lives forever. You know... It's one thing for us to talk about it. There's another thing for you to witness it with your own eyes. You saw the pain on Unika's face. You saw the pain on Raina's face. You saw the pain on Deshaun's face. Deshaun's face. And certainly you saw the, the very expressions on Gertrude's face. And it's real. And so... We have filed this lawsuit, and we expect that because we have uh, dozens of other people calling every day, and we're trying to collect the information, the whole team of lawyers and staff, that we will be filing others because one thing is for certain. We will not let them get away with this. There will be accountability, and we're going to make them have changes in the industry. Whether it's George Floyd or 
the children in Flint, Michigan, all these cases, not just about justice for those who are injured in this tragedy, it's about trying to make changes where all of our children and our neighbors will be safe. They will get to come home to their mothers and fathers, and they will get to come home to their brothers and sisters and their friends. And unfortunately, not everybody who went to Astro World Festival got to come home to their families and friends. And that's why we're here. We'll take some of your questions. We're representing two, over 200 plaintiffs. And, you have not and, we, and we filed over 93 lawsuits to we, date. As of today, we have filed 93 lawsuits. We filed one lawsuit this morning on behalf of 90 plaintiffs. We have seen evidence from the logs. It does show that there was knowledge on behalf of the promoters, on behalf of the security and for-profit medical corporation that was hired to be there to protect people. 
This was a mass casualty event and should have been shut down long before it actually was finally shut down by the HPD, the Harris County Police Department. The logs only detail a tragic timeline of understanding and knowledge from these corporations that people were dying and that steps should have been taken to shut the concert down and nobody did anything. Yes, sir. investigating everybody and everyone. We think that there was failure of responsibility on every level, and we want all those questions answered. One of the things, I, you know, you get emotional because these were such preventable losses, and as you get to know the families, it, it just hits you. You know, I have a nine-year-old daughter, and I, I just keep thinking about how uh, Israel parents, you know, what could be going through their mind when you are going to a family festival that has been promoted like that? They have so many children who are fans because of Fortnite, because of McDonald's, kids meals that, you know, had Travis Scott. And so you knew this was going to be family oriented because you invited, you promoted it to the world. And so it really is about... I, 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 Attorney here, you're not. When I get involved in a case, it's really not just about 
trying to get justice for this family or that person. It's about trying to make change. Thurgood Marshall would always say, no, no, we're not just fighting for this individual. We're fighting to have a greater impact on the larger society. And they have concerts and music festivals all over the world. And if it can happen here in Houston, it can happen in your city too. So what I'm trying to do, what we're committed to doing, is trying to have a change in the industry for the better. Oh, it's, we got the loss of the developer. If you go to press at bencrump.com, so we will provide. Oh, everybody, absolutely. Yes. You can go look back at all our lawsuits. We have 20 defendants named. And that, that number is growing. And Deshaun said he was standing next to some people who had passed away. Deshaun, do you know who that was? Um, I believe it was the guy's name starts with a D. It was a, the one we was trying to say was fiance. And that's the reason why I remember them. Babe. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I think it was James or Jake. Who was the other one? Jake. Yeah. No, uh, this was before before like the shoving and everything started. They were I think to the right of me. And then I remember trying the fiance trying to get out and like helping trying to help her like get between me. Uh, Sorry, what was that? Oh, 31. Right 25 and Unica. And Unica's 34, mother of twins. Uh, attorney here, you know, I'll try to take one or two more questions. And yes. attorney hear you than then if any other th witnesses you know when you think about crowd control they know how many tickets they sold you know you know how big the arena is you can predict and strategize what to do you have to have uh, uh, I'm sure the demographics you have to have proportionality for every hundred people or every 200 people we need to have a medical provider we need to have a security personnel we need to have a, a escape route we need to have a plan we want them to be more vigilant in preventing not being reactive but be proactive and that's what we think was lacking here they were not proactive in dealing with all of the foreseeable things it is not Dijon Isaac's job to come up with an escape route. He was a customer. He had paid money to purchase the ticket. He wanted to just come and enjoy the show. He didn't know that he was going to have to be an emergency life care provider at the show. He didn't know he was going to have to be a law enforcement officer trying to clear the path. He didn't know he was going to have to be a mental health counselor trying to hold on to the young lady's hand who he didn't know to try to encourage her just to stay together. Miss Daltrey, on the ground, as she told us uh, in her intake, she thought she was going to die on the ground. They should have had people in place to be able to deal with crowd 
crowd control and deal with safety. And so where there's some policy or where there's some regulations that have to be passed, you can never have people go to a concert and die. I mean, unjustifiable deaths. It's not, it's not rocket science for Live Nation. Like we said, they're the biggest billion-dollar promoter, organizer, and advertiser of these festivals around the world, and they acknowledged that there was a danger and a risk that people were going to get hurt in the plans for this festival. And when that happens, the first step is you put an age limit on who can attend. You do not let 9-year-olds, 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds, 5-year-olds into a concert that you have acknowledged as an organizer and promoter that people are likely to get hurt. We need extra security and site personnel on site. And then allow every single age to come in the doors. To what? To make money. That's why they did this. Okay. All right, last question. anticipate the evidence is going to be uh, it's going to be months as the criminal investigation happens we anticipate that over the next months we will continue to investigate every single level of failures from the very top at Live Nation to the security team we're not going to leave one stone unturned as you know there are there's a, a criminal investigation happening which we intend to comply with but as this lawsuit goes on, we will be taking the depositions of the highest-ranking executive officers that had the power to shut this concert down and didn't. And they're going to have to testify under oath as to what their reasoning was, mm -hmm. what their unimaginable reasoning was for not shutting it down when they knew people were already dying. It had been declared a mass casualty event. And I, I use Ms. Daltrey's words, it was a disaster. And Live Nation, if you want to prevent future disasters, you need to act now. Not just for those who were injured, but to make sure in the future we prevent injuries. We don't want to be reacting like we're doing here in Houston. We want to be proactive as we go forward. Last question. somebody harmed you or you died I think the question in your mind and your loved one's mind is we want everybody held accountable everybody and so I want to put that question to bed once and for all everybody and anybody who had any responsibility for this festival should be held accountable. Thank you.
So we've just been listening to a press conference uh, being uh, organized by uh, Attorney Ben Crump and uh, several um, people who were at the Travis Scott concert in Houston. Um, none of these people, with the exception of perhaps one, re received a physical injury while they were there. But it, it's clear that the emotional and psychological damage um, is still hitting them quite hard. They told some very dramatic stories about trying to escape the crush of the crowd. But also, uh, you know, one indicated that things were a little bit kind of, I'm not going to say out of control, but concerning even before Travis Scott hit the stage. Um, you know, one woman there describing what she saw as a chaotic scene. And, you know, there was several performers before Travis Scott had hit the stage, and she couldn't get water, and other people were concerned about accessing water. So um, Ben Crump and uh, his fellow attorneys there say they've filed already more than 90 uh, lawsuits, and they're asking for other people to come forward who were at the, at the concert to find out exactly what the timeline was, exactly who knew what, when, and why the concert was not shut down. Um, I do want to uh, pass on something else to you. Uh, we should note that Travis Scott's representatives have said that he did not know about any of the chaos until after the event. They also said that he was trying to reach out to the affected families to offer condolences and give them some help as well. All right, now to some other news. Former Trump White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows failed to appear for his deposition today with the January 6th committee. Since he was subpoenaed, Meadows has also failed to produce any documents for the panel. Now he could face criminal contempt. The standoff between Meadows and the committee comes as it faces a growing problem of stonewalling witnesses, including former White House Chief Strategist Steve Bannon and former Justice Department official Jeffrey Clark. The House in October referred Bannon for criminal contempt. Just
to our shared future. So I challenge all of us here today, government leaders, business leaders, community leaders. Uh, again, folks, uh, and so you're doing the work there in France, and so we wanted to be sure to uh, play you a little some of that uh, because you're not getting the attention uh, that it deserves. All right, folks, uh, we're almost done. Let me just so uh, this is always uh, the busiest birthday weekend uh, in my family. We got the trifecta. Uh, today is my nephew Chris's 14th birthday. Uh, this is a photo I shot Chris when he was four years old. We're all heading out to uh, Houston, Texas to play our game. And so I shot my little man this photo. This is Chris today. Uh, turned his fourth. This photo from two weeks ago. My man is growing up. My little man is getting big. And so shout out to Chris today on his 14th birthday. Tomorrow is actually the 54th birthday of his dad, my brother, uh, Reginald Martin. His birthday is tomorrow. Of course, that's him on the right. Uh, not hard to figure that out. People think we're twins. We're not twins. We're one year and one day apart. So his 54th birthday is Saturday. My 53rd birthday is on Sunday, November 14th. And so uh, we're all back to back to back. Uh, and so I uh, just wanted to give that shout out there. Uh, folks, if y'all want to, or please feel, uh, I'll need birthday gifts. What I want y'all to do is support Roller Martin Unfiltered and the Black Star Network. Two ways you can do that. Uh, one way is free. That's download the Black Star Network app. That, of course, uh, is on all available platforms. Uh, show the graphic, please. We want y'all uh, to get this thing in because, again, uh, we are building something here. Uh, we have been, uh, of course, uh, laying out the different uh, downloads. Uh, so we're on all other platforms, folks, all the platforms. Uh, you can go to you can go to uh, Apple phone, Android phone. You can go to, uh, of course, uh, Android TV, Apple TV, Roku TV uh, as well. Uh, you can go to Amazon Fire Stick, Xbox uh, One, uh, Samsung Smart TV as well. As I said, uh, we want to thank all of you uh, for helping us hit uh, this milestone, 20,000 downloads. Uh, we launched, of course, on September 4th, uh, and so we hit that. And our goal, of course, uh, is get, yeah, you can see the graphic put together right there. So go to my iPad. The graphic we put together, of course, uh, we, we, we're going to have 50,000 downloads by uh, December 31st. So please share with all of your friends, all of your friends, uh, our app to download. We want to hit 50,000. So we had 20,000. It's November 12th. Hey, we got 45, 40, 45 plus days. Let's get, let's double that. Let's get the 50,000 downloads. Uh, and also, again, don't need any birthday gifts. What I want you to do is support us, please, by joining our Bring the Funk Fan Club. Every dollar you give goes to support the show uh, in terms of our ability to be able to travel, to cover things. Uh, we're here in Los Angeles shooting episodes of Rolling with Rollers. Uh, that's where we are right now. Uh, we're going to be launching that new show on the Black Star Network app. You heard you heard uh, Attorney Ben Crump uh, ask us to come to Brunswick, Georgia, to stay with those black pastors uh, in uh, there. So that's what we're doing right now. And so uh, I'm literally, while he'd be going through the show, I've been sitting here uh, checking out flights and things along those lines. We might very well uh, be trying to work it out right now. We have to be in New York to do some other interviews uh, on Friday. And so I'm trying to work through it right now to be able to go down to Brunswick, Georgia on Wednesday, broadcast from the courthouse on Wednesday, broadcast again from Brunswick, Georgia on Thursday. Then we'll make our way to New York on Friday those interviews, then I have to fly back into the to the West Coast uh, to do a speech in Inland Empire, California on Saturday. And so do understand, the resources that you give to this show allows us to be able to travel, allows us to be able to hire crews, uh, 
allows us to be able to hire African-American videographers and producers uh, and audio technicians to be able to bring you these kinds of stories, uh, which is important. Uh, let me thank the people who have actually given uh, to our show as we have been live. Alex Thomas, thank you so very much. Uh, let me also thank here uh, Miguel Vasquez. Thank you so very much. Uh, let's see here. I got some other people in here. Just give me a second. Uh, and so, uh, let's see here. Hold on. How are you today? Okay, Miguel, uh, thanks a lot. Uh, let me thank, uh, let's see here. Actually, Miguel, you came several times. So I certainly appreciate that. Uh, Alex Thomas, again, thank you so very much. Ronnie Jones, thank you so very much. Uh, let me also, um, I'm scrolling through here again. Look at all the people who have supported us uh, as we have been live. Tara James, thank you so very much as well. Uh, and so, let's see who we got here. Uh, and I said this as well, folks, uh, and that is this here. If you want to uh, support, our goal is to get for uh, our members. You see the members, this list is scrolling right now. Uh, what we're asking for every year, total of 20,000 of our fans, they give on average 50 bucks each. So that's a million dollars, uh, which allows for us to be able to do what we do, uh, to supplement it with the advertising that we get. Again, we are completely independent. Uh, we are at no corporations. We don't have any billionaires, millionaires uh, supporting us. We don't have any of that. And so we want you to support us. Do this with the money that we're able to generate on our YouTube channel, also on our Facebook page, plus your giving is critically important. Uh, and so, uh, and so, and, but there's no, there's no minimum. And so we didn't put a, we're not, I'm not charging you a subscription fee for Black Star Network. People kept telling me, Roland, you need to charge $4.99 a month. I said, no, because some of our folks want the content, can't afford to pay $4.99 or $7.99 a month to pay for all kind of other things, different things. And so the Black Star Network, y'all, is free. You don't have to pay for cable to get it. You, you don't have to pay for it to actually get it. But your support, yes, that 50 bucks, that 25 that 30 that 10 that 5 that 1 all matters. We have people who have given us as low as a dollar. Some have given us as high as five dollars and $10,000. We appreciate every single person uh, who uh, has gifted us so please, you can support us via, uh, get the list rolling, so I'm just going to give the, uh, give the uh, sign, Cash App is dollar sign RM Unfiltered, Venmo is RM Unfiltered, PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered, Zelle is Roland at RolandSMartin.com, Roland at RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. I'm going to repeat those again, and guys, actually, let's do this here. Uh, on Friday, when we do this here, let's break the crawl, actually, go ahead and put the crawl up, y'all can actually do that. Uh, which allows us to have the crawl uh, uh, of, of how to give. That way, I'm, I'm talking, we can show the U.S. Charter members, and we can show that. So, again, it's Cash App, RM Unfiltered. It's PayPal, R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. And, again, uh, and Zale, I got you to add Zale to the bottom here. Zale is Roland at RolandSMartin.com, Roland at RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. If you want to use a credit card, you can simply uh, go, go to Square, go to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com, uh, going to Square. And so that's what we got going. We want to thank all of you. We want to thank Kelly. We want to thank uh, Faraj. We want to thank Michael for being on our panel. All of our panelists this week. We want to thank our L.A. crew here, uh, Henry, Anthony, Antoine. we got our crew in D.C. We want to thank all of them. We've been crazy busy, y'all, over the past two months traveling on the road. And it actually continues. We're going to be on the road again over the next two or three weeks. Uh, we are building something amazing. Uh, our production crew was meeting with the shows we're developing, meeting with all the show hosts this week. These things are happening, and so we just want to let you know 
exactly what's going on, so we certainly appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. Uh, folks, I have to travel tomorrow, Fisk University. I'll see you guys tomorrow. It's your hump homecoming. I'm on a 6.30 a.m. flight out of Los Angeles. I'll be touching down in Nashville, so I'll see you. I'll be giving my lecture tomorrow, uh, so I'll be a little tired, but I'll be ready to go. So, Fisk, I'll see you tomorrow, then I'm back in D.C. to celebrate my birthday uh, on Sunday. Folks, thanks a bunch. Y'all take care. Have a good one. Power!